Hi, and welcome to the Voice of 5G podcast. It's a podcast from Ericsson with me, Paul Cowling. And me, Janina Taunant. Hello, Janina. Here we are again. Here we are again, talking 5G. Welcome to the podcast, every listener out there. We are going to talk about a very timely subject this time. It's a coronation. Big coronation, right? It hasn't happened in a while, Paul. It's quite a while since the last one. If I want to know more about that, I'd have to ask me March. <laughs> it's been quite a while. Last time it was Elizabeth. This time it was His Royal Highness, King Charles. The third coronation in London, May 6, 2023. And there were things happening with 5G there. There were, yeah. We're going to hear lots more about it. But one of the things that made it special from a technical point of view, because of course it's a very special occasion in its own right, mm. was that the news broadcasting, or at least the news broadcasting by ITN, was using network slicing. A mobile network for communicating between the cameras on the site, watching the action, and the newsroom so that they can backhaul the traffic to the newsroom to do all the editing to go live to broadcast. And that was quite a far distance between. It wasn't like, oh, 50 meters or anything. No, that was a few kilometers in between. But in some ways, once you've got a digital signal and it's in the system, it doesn't make too much difference between whether it's couple of kilometers or 50 kilometers or 150 kilometers. It does if you, um, have to, if you have to put out the fiber between them. Well, if you're putting out fiber in between, then yeah, it's a long way to try and run a free fiber. And if you have to find a fiber that's already there and rent it, then that can be tricky as well. Uh, certainly from a flexibility point of view, being able to connect your camera into the mobile network and have it, the traffic pop out at the other end of the newsroom without having to lay cables in between is a big advantage. I can say this from experience. Have you done it? Once upon a time, I was involved with a project uh, where we put fiber cable into a TV studio ah. for doing just this, moving high-quality video around the studio environment, mm-hmm. including for the newsroom. Yeah. Well, that was the, where I got the relevant experience to join Ericsson. Cool. That's a long time ago. Yeah, sure. and it wasn't several kilometers away. The, the new studio. Well, that was actually within the building mm. because in the studios at that time, at least, you now what happened was they recorded the material from the camera onto a tape, and then there's the little they took like a trolley load of tapes around the editing room. The editors sat with different tapes that came from different places and put everything together. Wow! So the idea was to digitalize this and, and have information transmitted digitally and using DHS as well as that. That was a uh, European research program that we did with the BBC and NRK, the National Broadcaster in, in Norway. Cool. So that was cool. But we're here to talk about something equally cool. Yeah. Which is used work slicing to make all of that obsolete and put stuff into the mobile network instead of using fibers. Yes. And a little bit of explanation, Paul. Can you very quickly describe what? 5G SA is? I can. We've talked about it before. The, the SA stands for standalone. 
And the original 5G networks that were rolled out were non-standalone, and that meant that the 5G access network was connected to an evolution of the 4G core network, which meant that it was quicker to roll out because you could reuse the 4G core that was there, or you upgrade the 4G core that was there. Mm. A 5G standalone network uses a 5G core and a 5G access network. It doesn't need to have the other network present. It can run in, in its own right as a standalone network. And the 5G core brings you new capabilities, and amongst them it is the ability or better ability, better capabilities for doing network slicing, so to be able to monitor parts of the traffic, create a virtual network within the network, which you can have particular characteristics for, for instance, high-quality studio video. Mm. The thing with network slicing is uh, you've got lots of things, different parts of the network that all need to be connected together to create this virtual network. And that's what we call orchestration, organizing the different resources in the network mm. to make this virtualization happen. Yeah, that was what, exactly what I was going to ask you, is the core, because core network is, it's a part of the network, but that's where all the brains sit. I'm not sure the core network people would agree, but it's kind of like the, the role that the telephone exchange has in an old-fashioned telephone network. Yeah. The access network, that's where you connect your telephones to, and then the, that traffic comes to a central point or it comes to a central function, you can say, because it could actually be in, in the cloud somewhere. But it comes to a central function, which, which does things like handling setup of and breakdown of connect connections. Again, compared to a call, you need to establish the connection before you can send any information through it. But it's also doing this you know, functionality, this functionality like right around you know, who's connected, have they got a subscription, are they allowed to send, and are they allowed to send traffic, and keeping track of where you've got to in the network. If you think about a mobile phone, if I call you on your mobile phone, the network needs to know where you are. Mm. So we need to kind of understand that Janina's phone is attached to this base station over here, and that's where I need some traffic. There's actually lots of functionality in the, in the core, and the, part of the challenge is, is doing everything simultaneously for tens or hundreds of thousands of users. But on top of that, with 5GSA, then you're able to do this thing where you create virtual networks and have devices connected to those instead. Yeah, I think that was a, at least a very brief summary. So everyone's up to date with the core networks, 5GSA and Prefighting. Now, So now you've listened to the podcast, you can write it on your CD. <laughs> we will shortly go into an interview section. We have Vodafone's Chief Network Officer of Vodafone UK, Andrea Dona on the podcast and he's also joined by Ericsson's head of cloud software and services in the UK and Ireland, Blessing Macumbe. And they will talk about what they did during the coronation. But what could actually be seen? What is it that went over 5G? And how do I know if I'm a Brit, how do I know that I actually saw something being transferred over 5G from the coronation? This was done in conjunction with IGN. That's the organization that was actually doing the TV part of this. It's their cameras and their studio and, and their broadcast. It's the independent television news channel, which is part of the 
independent TV organization, ITV, which is the commercial TV channel in the UK as opposed to BBC, which is the like the state broadcasting. So BBC is a public service broadcasting and uh, yes. the ITV is commercial broadcasting. Yes, and that sounds ITN, good. The ITN is the news service. Mm. And the ITN, it, that's the news service for all the commercials. Like they have some sort of responsibility to serve all commercials channels with news, right? I can't swear that it's all the commercial channels, mm-hmm. but I think there's a number of regional television networks like Anglian and Northwestern that I think use the same news flow from ITN. Mm-hmm. You have to remember, Janina, that it's over 20 years since I sat in the UK and regularly watched television. <laughs> Things might change, yes. Things might have changed. There were. 3.6 million viewers, so quite a bunch watching the ITN news broadcast yeah. from the coronation. So on the 6th of May, 2023, there was a big event in London, if you all remember, the coronation of His Royal Highness King Charles III at London Westminster Abbey. And there was something to do with 5G there, Paul. This is exciting as a Brit, right? I wasn't there, unfortunately, but of course, lots of people that watched it weren't there either because they were watching it on broadcast television. Yes. And the thing with broadcast television is you need to connect the cameras back to the studio so they can edit it and send it to the broadcast. And that needs connectivity. And that's exactly what we were talking about with 5G. Yeah, as we talk about 5G all the time here. And on this episode, we have a guest. We have two guests. But let's start off with Andrea Donna. You are the Chief Network Officer at Vodafone UK. Welcome to the podcast, Andrea. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And you did some amazing work there over the coronation, the coronation day when it came to making it visible for everyone. It was the first time, if I read the press release right, first time any UK operator or service provider used a slice of public 5G SA standalone network to do a major broadcast event. Yes, you were live on ITN's network. Vodafone, ITN, and the tech partner called LiveU, and in the background, Ericsson Equipment. Andrea, take us through it. What happened? What was it? (laughs) How did it go? It was nerve-wracking. It was truly nerve-wracking to know that we were, we, and I'd say we, we, Vodafone and Ericsson, together with our partner and our customer, ITN, did something that was truly amazing. First commercial slice of a 5G SA standalone network to be used in such a monumental event like the King's Coronation. And it was super exciting. You can get addicted to the adrenaline associated to events like this. But I'm I'm really, really happy to say that it was a, a resounding success on, from all aspects. We were in touch live with the ITN Director of Technology, Innovation and Production, John Roberts. He was amazed at how the slice performed. 
how robust and resilient it was. The support we got from Ericsson on the day, the support that they got from my engineers on the ground, from the Vodafone engineers on the ground, was, re- was really groundbreaking and, and a really great event that matched the importance of, of what we were seeing on, on, on this TV. This is not something that you can just like, oh no, it didn't work out well, let's do it again. You just go <laughs> exactly. back and take off the crown. And- I was seriously impressed that you chose for the first live event to trial this technology. The King's Coronation. You, yeah. you might think you out on uh, you know, the local sports day or something. But. Yeah, but I think we wanted to do something different. You can read a lot of the developments in this area. Our competitors and your other customers in the UK have done something similar with a sports broadcasting on a private NPN. We wanted to take it one step further. We wanted not to create a dedicated private mobile private network for the event. We wanted to use the public network. Mm that is accessible to all, but dedicated to particular slice for the purposes of the coronation. I thought that is truly a first in the UK and we wanted to be first. And reflecting while I was coming into this podcast, I was reflecting on on where the journey actually started. So I still remember very cloudy October day, 19th of October, 2019, sitting in the Ericsson HQ offices here in Thames Tower in Reading and really challenging ourselves with with my ex-colleagues in Ericsson. I spent 10 years in Ericsson and saying, we need to do something that is really important from a technology innovation perspective, but also setting a new environment for new revenues in adjacent industries like broadcasting. And we said, look, the next big thing is standalone. And I said, I want to be the first. I want to be the first in standalone Ericsson. Please help us. Please let's work together to be the first. And the coronation was the culmination of many years of planning, many years of development, many years of difficult conversation, many years of good collaboration, and really something great to show for all of that effort. And of course, broadcast television is a very demanding customer because the, it, the quality of the signal that they want to transmit, they can't. They need a fully lossless transmission. So they're very, they're very high requirements in terms of the quality of this of the transmission. Uh, absolutely, Paul. And what we're seeing is that broadcasting, and I need to really applaud uh, broadcasting as a vertical and ITN in particular for really looking beyond their current technology means and embracing a new technology like 5G standalone and trying to see what it can bring to their industry. And they've really embraced innovation with all their intention. If you take a step back and you look at media organizations have been trying to reduce cost, improve efficiencies, improve experience, improve the way in which they can quickly react to mass events and do it in the most agile way. And they've been cutting the cables, Mm. so to speak, because everything previously entailed kilometers and kilometers of cable to provide that connectivity you talked about, Paul, Mm. uh, previously. And they're becoming increasingly reliant on 4G and 5G for their video transmission. But there's challenges, as you say, because if you look at the broadcast material, the, the stuff that they need to broadcast, it's very digitally intense, dense, and it needs to be available immediately with no latency, with no jitter, and it needs to be done in the moment. You can't say, oh, can you replay that event again because I didn't quite catch it. So 5G standalone in a slice lends itself beautifully for a dedicated uplink bandwidth, dedicated and guaranteed and resilient bandwidth. And because it's wireless, 
it lends itself brilliantly to actually get the cameramen, get the crew out in a particular area as quickly as possible when they're maybe not prepared to lay kilometers and kilometers of cable. It really is great to see them embracing this technology and applying it to their vertical. I saw in your press release as well that the normal setup is having a private mobile network for this and that it's also very heavy duty equipment, a lot of planning and approval, I guess a lot of red tape and spectrum licensing and stuff. And now all that was needed was a SIM card. Yeah, exactly. No, you're absolutely right. When you look at an event like the coronation, operationally installing, rolling out, maintaining a lot of equipment requires a lot of effort, requires a lot of coordination. We had the Royal Horticulture Society of Britain telling us that we were maybe placing our equipment in a position that was affecting the tulips, the appearance of the tulips. Very British. So, you know, you, you know, you, you would be surprised yeah. how many different parties contribute to the successful realization of an event like the King's Coronation. All those things need to be taken account. So, yes, there were other players in the event that rolled out a mobile private network. But if you count the number of antennas, you count the number of cable, kilometers of cable that needed to lay down, you probably get a lot of operation complexity with a single cell on wheels, as we call it, a temporary site with a sector pointing to the balcony of the King at Buckingham Palace and with a dedicated slice from that sector, you've got a lot less intrusive solution Mm -hmm. to the problem. Yeah. Yes. And if you look at some big events as well, if you look at the sports events, you've got a lot of vans with a lot of dishes. If If you notice... When there's big events, you've got lots of vans. Where are you going to put all those vans around Buckingham Palace? It becomes quite ugly and you want to give space to the spectators and not the vans. And the vans sometimes are behind the scenes. And if they're behind the scenes, they're more further removed from the main area. And then that presents itself with a lot of complexity, which with a mobile solution. You want to avoid that kind of wedding phenomenon where everything stops. So as the photographer takes his photographs. Exactly. It is also a little bit, it's a little bit weird that, oh yeah, it's fine to go like to pump those signals up to a satellite and then take them down. But I mean, that has been the technology previously when you have these kinds of things. Like, And why not use a network that's already on the ground? But we're also going to introduce our second guest, Blessing McCombie. Hi, you're head of Ericsson's cloud software and services in the UK and Ireland. Can you give us a little bit more background on the work? I know you weren't in it from the start. I guess it started already in perhaps even before 2019, but I read up that in 2019, in July, 5G technology was launched with Vodafone and Ericsson in London. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much for having me also on this call. I will start by just reflecting a little bit before we moved to the UK. I remember a time when I went to watch a, a soccer match, and this was back in South Africa. And I had the privilege of going into a box. You have a TV, but you're also watching the match live. And so I missed crucial points in this game where a, a goal was scored. But then I was informed that there's a lag, there's a lag, there's a delay. So run back in. 
uh, watch on the TV, you can still see the goal. And that's when it dawned on me that there's actually a, a delay at that particular stage with the technology that we're using. At that point, it was about 18 seconds delay between what was happening in the actual stadium in the live environment versus what was being shown and broadcasted. Uh, on the TV. And I think this is one of the exciting things when we look about uh, technology and what technology can do, beginning to remove these type of delays as well. And that, that's the exciting part of 5G. So just going back to, to the vision behind it, I, I think Andrea spelled it very well. It all starts with a vision, with a dream on what you can use this technology that we have to enhance even new verticals that are coming in it is not just a evolution as we have treated the other Gs, so moving from 3G to 4G to 5G. This is also a revolution. We are beginning to access new areas, new verticals that would have never accessed before with telecommunications and with what we can do with the, with the technology. So this was laid out as a, as a vision from very innovative in their thinking and their approach, uh, using a really, really partnership approach. Let's come to the table. Let's discuss what can we do together created uh, the whole idea of uh, 5G essay, working with Coventry University as well. So put on the first uh, slice in there as well, used the technology, tested it out, and then leading to the um, actual event of coronation, we did some really, really interesting tests. I remember the team laying out and going uh, to Paddington Station on a really busy hour where there's a lot of traffic, Paddington Station, people coming in and we're saying, let's set up a slice and demonstrate the technology that we can truly guarantee the quality of service that is required for the uplink video uh, for item. The when was this done, like the testing? Uh, this was done in April. Uh, I don't recall the exact date, Adria, if you remember. That. So very close to the coronation, it was put to the test. Very close to the coronation, but in essence, trying to simulate a high volume place, a place that would have a lot of people yeah. uh, guarantee this, uh, this sort of service and uplink that was required for broadcasting. And we did the test and the test was, was really successful. So on the coronation day itself, I know people were, were enjoying it, were enjoying the service, were enjoying all the events and everything that was happening. We were busy watching, making sure that the network is 100% spot on. So yes, there were a series of steps that were followed, uh, just making sure that we can approve uh, this. The fascinating thing is, because one of the problems is that there is so many people on the same site also, of course, wanting to take pictures, videos, or and doing stuff on their phones. And that's why the slicing is so important, right? Because it's still the same network. That's correct. The, yeah, the, the sharing of that available radio resource is really the key differentiator mm -hmm. here. John Roberts, the ITN director, has said to me that he was in the control room on the day and he was absolutely amazed at how their feed held strong. The feed uh -huh. is the 5G standalone slide, held strong while the huge crowd surged down towards the mall, towards Buckingham Palace. It's saying you've got all these tens and thousands of people, you've dedicated a slice, and is it enough? And if it's not enough, I can't take it off the other guys that are using it for their own function. Uh -huh. So it was great dimensioning as well in a very stressed, uh, congestioned yeah. area. Can I ask some techie questions <laughs> about how much spectrum were you? Did you have available to support the, the big crowd plus your slice? So what we generally do in special event trailers in Vodafone is we dedicate uh, all the bands. So we've got low band, 
mid band and high band. The high right. band is generally 5G, and then we've got mid band 21 megahertz, 26 megahertz, 4G, and then we've got low band 2G and 3G. Right. So, so that would be our typical configuration. We and we load all of them up because we know that even by putting all the frequency, then we still get congestion at peak time. Yeah. So. We fully loaded all the frequencies at our disposal with that split high band, a C band and on 3,500 megahertz, 5G and the rest 4G, 3G and 2G as I just described. And that was on the trailer temp site. And what we did is dedicate a certain bandwidth for one sector to the slice. Right. It was the sector pointing to the balcony based on the requirements from ITN. It was more unbalanced towards the uplink, obviously. And that's easier to dedicate because you don't have as much uplink on the consumer side. There's a lot of downlink. There is some uplink when they try and share the photos, obviously, but they're generally at the peak events, they're trying to take the photos and take the videos and rather than uploading. There is a surge thereafter when the actual event is finished to start sharing it. Man. It's interesting, the traffic profiles, people first downloading, and then, and then just recording and then quickly up uploading the stuff uh, yeah. uh, straight after. And that's where most of the contention happens. But it held strong. Yeah. And uh, from the radio side of things then, this was end-to-end network sizing, right? So it was also including the radios. And I also happened to see that I remember a couple of years ago, we did an energy efficiency project with Vodafone that was super Fantastic. We talked about it on the podcast, Paul, like lowering the energy energy consumption. Yes, we did. Yeah. We're very proud to say that with our collaboration with Ericsson, notwithstanding a 300% increase in data traffic, and that 300% baseline started on the day I joined Vodafone from, from Ericsson four years ago. So I took a snapshot of how much data we were yeah. uh, carrying then. Four years later, we're carrying 300% more but with no additional consumption. That's an amazing that thing. That is excellent. And that's thanks to a lot of innovative products coming out of Ericsson, efficient antennas that carry 40, consume 40% energy in peak times, deep sleep functionality within the radios, but also a very pragmatic view to switching off what we no longer need. Mm -hmm. uh, we have announced in Vodafone that we are going to switch off our 3G network. We've done two successful trials in Plymouth and Basingstoke. And now we're going to progress switching off our 3G network in London and in Oxford, which is nerve wracking because <laughs> you're, switching, you're switching off a network that's been available for 20 yeah. plus years. But we have to do it because repurposing those frequencies that we're currently using to transmit 3G can be used much more effectively on 4G, 5G. The amount of energy consumed to transport one terabyte of data on 4G and 5G is respectively 35% and 7% of the energy that you would otherwise be using to transport the same amount of data on 3G. So from a sustainability and a corporate responsibility and perspective, it absolutely makes sense to use those frequencies, which are very precious and scarce mm -hmm. spectrum resource to use on 4G, 5G. Yeah. 
We want to survive to see the next coronation as well. Yeah, so very important sustainability aspects. I guess then the other part that was also super interesting if we're talking technology now is 5G standalone, the SA, the cloud core. Can you describe there what was important? to do this? I'll start from a sort of, from an operator perspective, and I'm sure Blessing will add it from a more a closer technology perspective. But if I look at it from a Vodafone UK perspective, the harsh reality of the environment in which we operate is that we need to start generating new revenue streams. The challenges we're facing as an industry is monetizing this amazing technology. And we need to go beyond connectivity. And 5G standalone technology brings an opportunity to bring the full benefit of a true cloud-native 5G service-based architecture. And as we've seen in the case of the broadcasting, if we are able to sell the benefits of this technology in adjacent verticals, we start generating new, much-needed revenue streams. So for us, it is a real opportunity for a paradigm shift in the way that Vodafone can offer services, not only to a broadcasting vertical, but to the oil and industry, to the environmental sector. We've done some amazing proof of concepts with our partners, not only Ericsson, but also others, where we show the full benefit. They haven't quite embraced it as forcefully as the broadcasting industry have yet, but I'm sure they will come. Yeah. yeah, just to add to that as well, I think if we look at the idea of slicing, it's, it's not a really new idea per se, but what we now have is the technology enables us to leverage on what we can do from a slicing perspective. So go into specific verticals that have specific requirements where you come up with a broadcasting requirement where you need specific throughput above 10 megabits per second, 25 megabits per second. GTA and latency is also important. So you can tailor now the network with those requirements that are coming out from a new vertical. Whether it's a broadcasting, you tailor and provide the resources that are in line with their requirement, or whether you go into manufacturing, you tailor it. So the advantage that we have now is the flexibility and the speed at which we can spin up these new sort of verticals that we can create at a much affordable rate without building a new network. Mm-hmm. So we are creating multiple networks on essentially the same 5G essay. And what we saw, going back to the coronation, effectively you have created some sort of network on top of a public network that then gives you a lot more advantages from security because it's only accessed by that vertical to costs that we already discussed, benefits that are associated with that yet also guaranteeing uh, the service level agreement that is required by these verticals. Mm -hmm. So technology is really advanced. It helps us now, and it's no longer having to set up a separate systems specifically for a vertical, or we can use the same network for that. Blessing is absolutely right. From a business customer's perspective, we really need to drive those use cases because what will really scale for us is also the opportunity to extend uh, this functionality and this flexibility also on the consumer side with quality of service differentiated pricing as well. We have in, you mentioned that in 2019, we launched 4G, 5G, sorry. And we did a really interesting um, proof of concept with gamers. Gamers need uh, sometimes guaranteed quality mm. of services and 
consistent latency for their gaming experience. It doesn't necessarily need to be the best latency, but it needs to be consistent so that when they play their games, they have on the move and they go to somewhere else, it's, it, they have the same reaction to their movements, to their requests. It was really successful. Yeah. Now, can we take that forward to have dedicated, guaranteed quality of service levels for different consumer use cases as well? That'd be really interesting and much needed so that we can scale some of these functionality in the mass market, consumer yeah. mass market. I mean, one of the other application areas that I know that we've shown, when we, for instance, when we were in Barcelona, was around the building industry where when you go to a building site, there is no infrastructure, but you have people turning up that want to be able to do things from everything, from like measuring the equipment and being in touch using VR and AR applications. You can right. build a slice and give them a network. You can remotely operate your diggers as well and things like that. <laughs> Absolutely. And talking about Barcelona, we did show and we did have Hado UK on the podcast. I think a lot of people gamed at Barcelona versus Vodafone Madrid. Smart. Yeah, collaboration there too on the gaming side. But this is an amazing thing to like to show the potential of broadcasters using the 5G and also a use case where 5G standalone becomes a tool. And what I've heard from the beginning is like 5G SA, that is the true 5G. It's now with these types of use cases that we can see the actual 5G. Otherwise, it's just 4G, a little bit more speed, higher speed. Absolutely. From a Vodafone perspective, we've, we commissioned a report that we issued some, some time mm -hmm. ago, which said that with the right investment environment, 5G could be worth 150 billion to the UK economy by 2030. And that just brings to light the full potential of true 5G on all the industries that you can imagine, all the verticals that you can imagine. We obviously are lobbying the government hard to say it needs to have, we need to have the right investment environment because it is very capital intensive to roll out 5G. NSA, non-standalone, let alone the standalone. Yeah. And if you want the full benefit, you need to go beyond just where there is a immediate return on that investment, beyond urban and suburban and potentially also rural. And, and what we believe is the NPN version of 5G as a catalyst in very dedicated areas is something that we're doing with, with Ericsson and growing out from that would be the means by which you then spread beyond the normal areas of investment. So the potential is massive. As you say, Janina, it's the true 5G. And when you put a monetary value that the UK as an economy, as a country could benefit, that really brings it to life. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a humongous opportunity that you highlight there, Andrea. I think to complement that as well, from an Ericsson perspective, we have done a, a study specifically looking at broadcasting and trying to drain and get some insights from that. I mean, there's a lot of interesting insights that I can share from this, but one of them is really related to different tiers that we are seeing in broadcasting. So you have the top tier one, so your sports that, that are live sports that need to continuously be connected, your live news 
that need both outdoor and indoor permanent coverage. Then you have your tier twos where you're setting up here and there, so some sports or these upcoming events similar to what we did with just a special event where you need coverage for that particular event and it's not always permanent, sometimes it's, it's temporary. And then we also see another tier that's coming up. So influencers, video bloggers, ETC that are beginning to come up. And from this report, we started looking and we said, okay, we are seeing these different tiers. Uh, How can we also start having a conversation about monetization? Monetization also specifically related to to the tiers as well. And we have come up with um, very, very interesting uh, aspects and four types that we see. Uh, which I would like to pick up your brain on, uh, and and see uh, where is the thinking also from a Vodafone perspective sure. on uh, on some of the things that we are seeing from Ericsson. We see roughly, I would say, about four different types of monetization. We see something similar to what you have done over the years. So a slice as a SIM, where you are selling a premier service that is like a normal connectivity, but with a higher value. And of course, you're providing that, that slice. And then we see something like a resource reservation fee, so similar to probably what the broadcasters are getting right now from a satellite perspective, they get a specific resource allocated to them for a specific period of time, like what we did for coronation. And then when that's done and that's brought down, you move on. Or you, we see bespoke solutions or a mix of different solutions. You can have 5G, say you can still have satellites, you can still have different types of connectivity or something that is productized so you can pick it off the shelf. These are sort of the four types of areas that we think we can monetize in the broadcasting. What, what would be your, your take on that? For me, it's all of the above, really. And, <laughs> and I think our, our ambition should be to really standardize the interfaces, fully automate the ordering, the provision, the definition provisioning, and the delivery of a particular slice, and really focus on that end-to-end automation for the provisioning of a slice, ultimately leading to a self-service. Because, and it's not lazy of me to say all of the above, because the struggle we have as an industry is when we try and second guess where it will come from, as an industry, we've always got it wrong. So I'm being deliberately provocative and say, let's prepare for every eventuality, Mm. right? And let's be prepared for the next opportunity to jump up in an area that we least expected, but let's be ready for that. And the only way we can be ready for that is to be fully standardized, simple, automated, so that we can expose that functionality that's inherent in our networks uh, that can be consumed by someone that we might never expected needed it. And, And it's not lazy. It's actually very hard to do that. But I think it's the way that we will be better prepared. And that's why in Vodafone, we're passionate about the concept of network as a platform and network as a service and the work that we're doing in terms of standardizing and simplifying our network and then automating it and exposing standard APIs so they can be consumed by whoever, whenever, and for whatever needs they need is the real way forward. And that's where I'm working very hard with your team, with our Visa teams to really bring that full automation to life so that when a broadcaster says, today I want a product, Define product, fine. If you want a SIM, okay. If you want something for just two minutes and then stops stops using it, fine. That's okay as well. But you will have that flexibility. They will have that flexibility to, to be able to do yeah. so. Yeah. A question on the similar vein, Andrea. Whilst we still have your time, 
if somebody's listening or, you know, sitting in the in a business somewhere and thinking network slicing and being able to set up and break down co- connectivity and have dedicated service, that sounds like something that would, that would be useful for me. What's their next step? How do they connect to Vodafone to, to take that forward? Well, we've got dedicated engagement teams that can help look at the problem of the business. Mm-hmm. What business problem are we trying to resolve, right? So we need to have clear understanding of what their challenges are and what problem business problem we're trying to resolve. And then we do the translation of what technology and what aspect of the 5G can help resolve that particular problem. We've done that quite successfully on several occasions. When we talk about the University of Coventry proof of concept, that was also very interesting. Mm-hmm. If I can draw an analogy there, uh, we were in COVID, we were in lockdown. And the University of Coventry had, like lots of uh, educational institutions, had a real challenge to ensuring that they kept on the training for their students. Now, the particular challenge for uh, the University College and the Department of Medical and Nursing Care was that a lot of the education is interactive. You could, could not be done in isolation yeah. on the books alone. It needed a bit of interaction. So we had the brilliant idea to say, what if we did a augmented reality remote training of the nurses uh-huh. while they're locked in their campus? And so we partnered with a very innovative company that produced some sophisticated goggles, but we needed zero latency and a high bandwidth or low latency and high bandwidth to be able to transmit quite a lot of data to people, students that were remote in their quarters, in their student quarters and provide a full immersive learning experience. That was super cool. So the business problem we were trying to resolve there is a particular circumstance of COVID. And so that's the approach we adopt. What is the business problem you want to resolve? And how do we then put technology we've got to best use to to solve that particular business uh, problem we've got? And the future is great. (laughs) It's amazing stuff. And yeah, we weren't prepared for when the SMS was, would be or messaging would be the big thing for 2G. And we weren't prepared that the iPhone would appear all of a sudden for 4G. And now we, <laughs> we do our part. We let future inno- innovators, we give them the tools and the bandwidth. And we see amazing stuff happening. Coronation broadcast included. Thank you so much, Andrea Donna from Vodafone and Blessing Macumbe for being on the podcast. Thank you for a very fun uh, conversation. As I say to Blessing and all the senior managers in, in Ericsson, let's keep innovating together. Yeah. yeah let's, cool. let's stay ahead of the curve. Yeah. And because it's also not only fun to have a conversation about this, as we've just had, it's truly, truly inspiring for young engineers. Mm. Uh, if you hear the buzz and the drive that Blessing and my engineers have when they talk about this thing, we're really unleashing their true potential, their excitement, and they'll invent something, continue inventing something great every day. So that's what we should keep doing, having fun and breaking the innovation barriers.
No, I really want to thank you on that, Andrea. I think we, we see it from an Ericsson perspective, the way that you invite us on the table, the way that we're innovating together, changing lives for good, different verticals, making a huge difference. And we can only continue to do this together. Really nice cool. finishing words there. Blessing, Andrea. Thank you for being on the podcast. And thank you everyone for listening. And bye. Bye. Remember to like, comment, subscribe. If you like this podcast, it really helps. We have a great team of people we're working with, but when it comes down to it, a lot of work is done by us too. And we weren't hired to do podcasting, Paul. We're not. I'm not getting paid for this. (laughs) (laughs) So please, if you want us to continue, give us some good reviews and recommend us to your colleagues. And if you want to contact us, email is best. And which email is it, Paul? 5G podcast at ericsson.com. Ah, you're so great. And, you know, out there, we love your suggestions and feedback. So please reach out to us. Ericsson is a Swedish multinational networking and telecommunications company started in 1876 and headquartered in Schister, just outside Stockholm. We sell infrastructure, software and services in the information and communications technology for telecommunications service providers and enterprises, including, among others, 3G, 4G and 5G equipment and IP and optical transport systems. We employ around 100,000 people and operate in more than 180 countries worldwide. Ericsson has over 57,000 granted patents and has been a major contributor to the development of the telecommunications industry and is one of the leaders in 5G.